Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods and Viking Heads. You can check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com and you can check out Viking Heads at Viking Head Bait Co. on Instagram and Viking Heads online, hopefully this Saturday. That's the shoot, shoot, <laughs> that's the plan this Saturday. So uh, we will be having um, the website stocked with all sizes, colors, along with, uh, I'm going to be releasing some new stuff pretty soon, two and three ounce heads. Uh, so it'll all be up there really quickly. So I hope you guys check it out. Uh, today's episode is with uh, Rafael Perez, Rafa Customs. Great episode, great dude. He's been doing it for a long time. Had some great stories about his background. He's amazing at carving. Also had a crazy story about Silverwood if you're local. Uh, There's like a a haunted like myth about a ghost over there. He kind of encountered him and his buddy encountered it. It's kind of crazy. So hope you guys like this one. Also come by and check me, Caesar, Danny, and Rob from uh, the Basel out at the Western Bass Shootout. It is this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It is at the, uh, in Sacramento, at the Credit Union Convention Center. So come by and check us out. I'll be doing some podcasts Thursday, hanging out Friday, maybe doing some podcasts with people that are there. I'm only going to be there Thursday and Friday, but come all the days because Blanked, the Basshole, uh, Caesar, Danny, they're all going to have some crazy stuff for sale, uh, tons of stuff. I will be there just running my mouth. I'm not going to have any anything else but that. My stupid big mouth. So uh, we have some good guests coming on as well. Also, we're going to be doing Delta Roundtable number 85. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll be back up there. So I'm going to take uh, Herp and John and my son with me, and we're going to do another roundtable. So I will be there Thursday, Friday. Come by, say hi. Um, if not, if we're not there, come by Toxic. Uh, probably in the evening. They might be around. I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll update with something. But... um. Check that out. We'll have shirts up online. My wife informed me that we do have shirts left of the new ones. So those will be on the Viking Heads uh, website as well. And I think that's about it. Check out the Patreon. Winners will be announced today for April. And she will be shipping out those prizes uh, this week. And uh, sign up for April's Patreon. The winner for will be announced May. And that will be three lowdown custom rods for the standard issue too. So please check those out, and I hope you guys like this episode. Uh, I'm not sure who's on Monday. I think it's probably going to be Caesar. So I hope you guys like this one. Bye. All right, for the third fucking time. Third time's <laughs> well, time. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Rafael Perez, Rafa Swimbaits. Uh, he's been doing it a long time. He's a local guy as well uh, down in SoCal. Uh, he's buddies with a lot of the guys like Paul and JSJ that have been on the podcast. How did you meet them? I met Josh. Um, I've seen Josh when I would go to the Bethesdon okay. back in the day, you know, as a as a bay maker. Um, so I knew of, of him. I didn't know him mm-hmm. until I started making baits out of resin for myself, you know. So uh, I met him through Instagram, and uh, I asked him for the tips. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Everybody needs help, yeah. so Josh was willing to help me. Yeah, and um, we've been friends ever since. Nice. So I made, I, I made, I made Paul, um, Paul through, through him. Okay. Um. So yeah, he, he made a lot of cool people in the in the fish industry. Oh, I bet, dude. So, 
let's take it back a little. Where did you grow up and uh, when did you start fishing? Like, how did you get into fishing? So I grew up in L.A. Uh, in the early 80s. Uh, I grew up in Maywood. Okay. Maywood. Uh, we moved to uh, Highland Park as a kid. And my pops would always uh, take me fishing every time, uh, any time he could. Mm-hmm. We fished uh, the uh, local pier. Okay. Uh, Redondo, Hermosa, Manhattan, you know, chasing Bonita. Yeah. That, that, that was my thing, Bonita, man. Uh, so, and I I just grew up fishing that, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. That's been a, a passion for, for me as, as a little kid. So salt water's your main salt, passion. Salt kinda. water has been my, my main, main passion, man. Um, we moved out of L.A. back in 92, I believe. Okay. Uh, to Inland Empire, Fontana. Okay. So right there is when I discovered um, uh, lakes, <laughs> right? Stripers, largemouth bass, and that's how I got into it. Did your dad? Did your dad kind of like look for lakes out there since you guys were moving? No, there? he was mainly mainly just fishing for mackerel off the pier. Okay. A- after that, he didn't. He lost interest. Okay. So it was just me. So what did you do? You just started riding your bike to lakes or doing whatever? Uh, I didn't have a bike okay. until I could afford a car. Okay. Is when I would. I'll go up there uh, and then start exploring. I'll buy books. Uh, I remember those, those books, uh, Ronnie Kovac. Uh, I seen Ronnie. you post one, I think. Before. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, man, that guy, man. I learned so much from those books. Lakes, uh, salt water, all that stuff. And, you know, you just learn, for, learn from it. So when you first started going to lakes, what was your home lake? Silverwood Lake. Okay. So, uh. When you were fishing that, this is 90... 93-ish. Wow. Okay. So how was the striper fishing then, and how was learning then? How, how was it different? You know what I'm saying? So I learned about stripers and that lake through that book. Okay. Right? There was no internet back then. So, and um, I would fish, I would start fishing at the dam. Back then, you could drive in the dam. So I started throwing uh, big old uh, rapalas, those with the broke back, mm-hmm. on, a, on a spinning rod. Um, I see my biggest striper ever <laughs> chase my my bait. Yeah, and it followed it followed all the way all the way to the shore, and then it took off. Did a U turn and boom. So I saw that and I was like, I was bit, man. I was like, oh my god, I, was like, I gotta come back. I gotta, you know, started tinkering with baits again. Mm-hmm. You know, but that was at ninety three. I was still in high school. Um, so you, so you went out there. You started throwing the little rapalas, and then that's what kind of triggered your your like uh, fascination with like building baits, right? So okay. I I started making baits for Bonita back in the day. Okay, making the flies. I'll make little tall butter, little poppers and stuff for uh, fishing redondo. Okay, uh, and then after that is when I got making um, baits for. For stripers. How did you get into making the baits for like Bonita and stuff? Where did, did you read a book or did no, you just just on my own? Um I will see what the fishermen will use at the pier, you know, the the bubble mm-hmm. with the feather. Yeah, I heard a lot about it. Right. So I'll start making my own feathers. Nice. Uh we had a little par- parakeet. Oh, you take them from your we fucking did. <laughs> So I'll take the, the yeah. I mean, you know, they they, they shed all the feathers and yeah. I'll I'll use them. Yeah. You know, and, and that's it. You know, and um, I'll get a mom's broom handle and I'll cut it. So you were doing this back in the day, like when people started doing it. I was a, I was a kid. I was probably in, in junior high school yeah. or middle school now. Yeah. But I was in junior high school. And you were catching fish like on little plugs and stuff? On, on Redondo. Yeah. Off the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. 
damn, that's cool. Yeah. Especially being that young and not having like a internet. That's a big there thing was, is there's no internet to research any of this. No internet. Um, we had tools because my, my dad was a mechanic and stuff. Okay. And um, so I would get his tools. Yeah. Um, you know, I should have brought them. I should have brought them. I still have them. No way. My original ones. That you, the original bait you made? Yes, from when, when I was a kid. Maybe you could send us some pictures. And, I'll send, and you, then, I'll uh, send you a picture. We could put it in the video. For sure. Yeah. So once you go up to Silverwood and, uh, you know, you're done kind of with the Redondo thing for a minute, you came to Silverwood. Um, what was the first bait that you attempted to make for the stripers? Uh, a trout. A big um, a big plug. Okay. Um, reason being because a, a local guy there would use big plugs. I don't know who he was, but he made his own baits too. Was this Greg Silks or no? You know, it might have been him. Did he have that? Because I know he was kind of like the guy up there. He was like a, Stefan talks about him. Right. Tanner, yeah. Everyone. Right. It might have been him. Okay. I'm not sure. But I met a lot of old timers up there. I met um, even fishing at the inlet. Uh-huh. You know, at nighttime, we hike up, up up the hill, walk down, and um, but I never knew the name. Yeah, you know, you were just fishing, huh? Yeah, and a lot of it was by myself. You'd be hiking up there by yourself? By myself. Later on, I need to ask the story because I've heard this story. Oh, I heard you have this story. Oh, well, I have multiple stories. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, right? I, I have multiple stories up there. Yeah, because there's I heard the one. I've have a couple friends that fish up there, and Tanner's told me his story. Stefan's told me their story, and they're saying the guy that has the story, the the, the craziest one is you. Well, um, I used to fish with Tanner a lot. Okay, so uh, we've had a couple of incidents, me and Tanner just alone. Mm-hmm. But prior to Tanner, I will go up there uh, for years with my other buddy Eric, Eric Anderson. Okay. He's in Montana now. Uh, he was like my, my, my fishing buddy. Okay. You know, uh, but yeah, man, uh, crazy. We'll, we'll get into it later, yeah. a little later. But um, so when you when you saw that plug, you're kind of going, man, I'm, I can make the same thing right. at home. Right. It was just a makeshift wooden plug out of a, like a broom handle. Okay. What uh, And how did it work when you first did it? Did it just bite or how did it all go? It just, you know, it's a top water, it's a wood plug. So it's just going to float and, you know, the... You do the rod thing and it mm-hmm. just give it the action. So it doesn't have any action unless you give it the action. Okay. Your typical uh, top water plug. Were you getting bit? No. <laughs> not not at the beginning. Okay. Not at the beginning. Uh, but it's a it's a learning curve. Okay. You know, just try different spots of, of the lake and stuff. And um, I had a big blow up on, um, we would fish um, Cleghorn. Okay. So we would hike down at Cleghorn and that's where I get most of my blow ups. But at the dam, it was kind of hard on top water because it's so windy up there, and yeah, you you know it's a different uh, fishing altogether. How long were you fishing those plugs for until you started moving on to different things? Um, on and off for years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so high school was '93. Um, by then I started working part time, mid '90s, uh, late '90s. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, and you know, and after a while, I stopped fishing for a while. Everyone does, right? I mean, because uh, I couldn't find any friends to go with me. <laughs> I froze, you know. I was like, man, yeah. like, I can't keep going by myself. I, I, I want somebody to go with me. Yeah, you know. And uh, I started working and talking to the guys. They're all, oh, do you fish? No. Oh, do you fish? No. <laughs> you know, I was like, damn, somebody, you know, go with me. You know. So I met this guy. His name is uh, Jeff. Okay. And I still know him now. So uh, he would go with me. And so that kind of. Uh, 
got me wanting to go again and exploring. Mm-hmm. We fished Silverwood, Big Bear, um, Lake Paris, you know, all that stuff. But yeah. yeah, I mean, for a while I lost it. Yeah. And I, I lost fishing and then I was into muscle cars. Yeah, we talked about that. So you were into the whole street racing thing? Uh, street racing. Uh, I had a 5.0 drag car that I, that I built, 347 stroker, you know. It's a different so topic. You were only fishing, you were only uh, street racing. Um, Are we going to Irvindale? Yes. Yes, I will, I'll go to Urbandale. Okay. Um, but yeah, just... Uh, what would it run? Uh, 10 seconds. Wow, that's, yeah. a, that's a big deal. Uh, five speed, manual. Manual. Wow. Yeah, so this was a uh, late 90s, maybe? What happened to that car? Uh, I regret it, so I sold it. You did? I sold it and I bought a fishing boat. Oh, that's a bad move, dude. <laughs> you know, uh, I didn't use it as often as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Just uh, upkeeping and stuff and maintenance. Uh, I was a, a striper. I was 21 for striper. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I just, I regret selling my car and buying the boat. You fish more from shore a, a lot more? Uh, yes. Do you feel like you have a better chance of catching the big ones from shore than you do in a boat? Uh, no. I mean, uh, obviously the boat's better. Yeah. But I just grew up fishing shore. You know, I've always been a shore banger. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, that's been my thing. Yeah. So uh, when you met that the guy, Jeff, you start fishing those lakes. Uh, this is like late 98, 99 maybe. Uh-huh. Um, throwing the same type type of lures still yeah. at the same, yeah. the same lake? Same same type. Same type. Did you uh, grow up fishing convention or, or when freshwater fishing, you were fishing conventional for largemouth as well? I started, no, I used uh, spinning. Spinning. That's all I, that's all I did. Spinning, long rod. Okay. Same setup you use for, you know, for the saltwater or whatnot. Yeah, just you want to get that plug as far you as you want can. to get the cast, you know. When did you fic- pick up your first baitcaster? Um, probably late 90s, around, around the okay. same time. What were they using then? Um, the the round ones. Okay. Those are uh, gold ones, those round ones. Uh, it was not the Calcuttas, was it? Uh, or was it like the uh, Lunas or the... Similar to a Calcutta. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's what I started using. Okay. But uh, my main was a uh, uh, spinning. Yeah, yeah. Just like the guys back east, you know, fishing for the for the stripers off the off the co- off the sh- uh, the rocks. Yeah, kind of like that. That's kind of how you wanted to that's set it up. A, that's how I have them set up. Okay. What uh, when it kept progressing, when did you get into, and maybe when did you see the glide baits and stuff like that? So I transitioned from making those plugs, um, early two thousands. 03, 04 maybe. Uh, so I got inspired by a guy named Mickey, 316, right? Just like everybody else has, <laughs> right? I was like, wow. And I was so blown away by his work, his carvings. I was like, wow. I was like, I want to do that. You, and, you think he's one of the best carvers out there? Um, I think so. I feel like you're really good too. I've seen a lot of stuff you've done and it's amazing. Uh, I, I always like to ask people who Thank do you think the best carvers are. Yeah. You? So uh, I got an inspiration from him. Uh-huh. Reason being because I couldn't afford his baits. You know, I was like, you know what? Let me try to do that. So I started buying books, carving books. So you didn't even, you, that's all you could find is a carving book. Car- yeah. Carving books. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I got inspiration from him, um, Jerry Rago. Okay. Around the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, who else? Who else was uh, one of the early pioneers guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, Ken Huddleston. Yeah. You know, his, uh, the Huds. 
And prior prior to the hugs, he made other baits. Yeah, you know, he for, made the bugs for, too and stuff. For, for Castaic. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so I got a, a lot of inspiration from those guys. You know, when I really started tinkering with the resin. Um, were you making the wood, just a wood jointed flat in these, the beginning? These were just wood. Multi-piece before the before the uh, the glides. Okay. So just wood. And did, just, did just you have to just like tinker to figure out how to weigh them and do all that as well? Well, if it was a multi-piece, it's pretty easy. The okay. glides is when it got got pretty complicated. Okay. But uh, when I got into glides, um, a guy that really helped me out was Andrew. Uh, Hinkle? Hinkle. Okay. So he was nice enough to, you know, uh, give me some pointers, you know. So And I got inspiration from his trout also. You know, he does, he does great work. So... Um, those are the guys that I really looked up to. What did uh? Do you remember the first bait that you molded, of your of your own bait? Yeah. So it was a it was a big trout. It was trying to be a glide, but um, I couldn't really get it to swim. <laughs> you know. So was that the biggest hurdle in the beginning? Because you you kind of you'd almost have to talk to a guy and maybe take it to him and go like, hey man, you can't look on the internet to go, hey, right. let me kind of ballast it this way. Right. So he kind of gave me some ideas how to do it, but not, not exactly, or right, here's a recipe. Yeah. You know, a lot of it's trial and error, you know, but you know, if you're determined, this is what you love to do, you're at it. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's expensive materials and stuff and um, a lot of trial and error. It's not easy. How much time and money do you think you put into that first bait you made? Um... Couple hundred dollars, you know, just yeah. you know, just in the resin and the silicone, but um, you know, just like everything, it's just trial and error, man. Yeah. So once you got that thing to swim, uh, how often did you like start fishing it? Did you produce it? Start selling it to people? No, I didn't sell it. I didn't. It was just for me. Okay. This is before I started selling baits. Okay. Um, you know, I, I made a couple for me, uh, a couple friends, and then I kind of lost interest. And that particular one. Okay. Right? So then I just started making other baits. Um, I made like a bluegill profile, you know, just, but n nothing for sale, just for me. Okay. So uh, when I started progressing and my carving skills and molding and all that stuff and other, right, you know what? Uh, I saw, I got into, you know, social media when Instagram came out. But, oh, you should put it on Instagram. I thought, what's that? <laughs> you know what's facebook i don't know yeah so like, yeah you know you post pic pictures and whatever you get followers and so that's when i started getting growing my audience okay so then i'll make m more baits you know just to kind of post them you know get people's reaction and then you know a few years later is like oh you should make them you, know, you should sell them you know and you know they look great and i was like, all right maybe i should mm -hmm. but it was all just part-time you know just as a hobby do you feel like um that since you put that time into making the bait, uh, it kind of helped you refine the skills. I feel like a lot of guys nowadays maybe don't have, don't put the years in. You know, you feel like that it was like a, a better way for you to learn back then compared to if you were to do it now. Yeah. You know? So it's it's totally different from, I mean, from when I started. I started as a, as a young kid doing it as a passion, you know, just mm -hmm. I love fishing. Um, and it takes years to keep doing it to be consistent, you know, you have to love to do it. You can't just do it for money. Yeah. You know, and the new generation is different now. It's different. They make it just to make money. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes I don't feel that um, 
they 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 love to do it. You know, it's it's different, man. I don't know. No, I I see that. I could see that, and it's. I guess it's hard to relate to some of the kids nowadays too because we're older. <laughs> so it's hard to relate to like there's a lot of instant gratification. Right. And there's kids that are not like that are, are people that make a new bait that love to fish. But I feel like it might have been a little harder learning curve for guys back then because like you said, we had books to read. There was no I don't want to sound like the old fucking, oh, well, you know, back in our day. like, But there was no way to... Go on YouTube and find something out, even with fishing, you know? Right. There wasn't. Yeah. So uh, right now, I get a lot of guys that hit me up, you know, asking for help. And um, and I do, you know, because, you know, I want to pay it forward. Yeah. You know, I got help along the way. Yeah. So, but you can't help everybody. <laughs> you can't help everybody. I had a guy write me a story. <laughs> oh, what do I need? What do I buy? This and that. Da, 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 da. I was like, man, I was like, I can't tell you all that. You know, just got to. Yeah. Just get your hands in there, man. Just figure it out, you know. But um, I've helped a lot of guys. That's you know? nice. I helped a lot of guys that make baits now that uh, that I'm no longer friends with. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like which unfortunate. You know, but that like, happens. It happens it, with anything. It happens. You know? you know, you you show them the ropes a little bit, and they all right. See you later. That's you know? the, that is what it is. Right? It, it, it is what it is. You know, whatever. <laughs> Um, you know. So back when you you started doing like a production deal, um, you go you get on Instagram, you start making some baits. They have some traction, and you had a proven bite on it. By that time, you're getting bit on the baits, right? Okay. Um, what was your first like popular bait you made? Uh, so my first popular bait that I made that actually sold a few, like a handful maybe, was a little shad shad glide. That was probably my first one that I made. That I started selling it, you know, just like ten of them, okay. twelve of them, you know, just. Uh, then I did a, I did a, a trout glide bait. Okay. But same thing, maybe sold ten of them. Nothing. You were just selling whatever you made, and you just put it. Exactly, okay. just on my, on my spare time, you know. I, I work, you know, on my spare time just to make them. You know, this is what I love to do. Yeah. And, um, and that's that, that's how I just kept going, and uh, with the money that I I'll make, I'll buy more equipment. A better airbrush, a uh, better bandsaw, just mm-hmm. paints, you know, just put it back in the in my in my hobby. Yeah. You know? So a lot of the beginning was just building into the company yourself. Oh yes. Oh yes. Do you sure. do you work right now too? Yes. No, okay. no, no. Oh, this is full time. This now. is this full time now. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's a congratulations. Yeah. yeah. How long has it been full time? Full time a year, a little over a year. Oh, really? So yeah. recently. Yeah, just recently. Wow. Yeah. Um what made you want to go full time? Tired of my day job. <laughs> uh, working retail. Oh, really? Working retail. I've always been in retail management for years and years. Uh, the pandemic hit, right? And oh, right. Because you couldn't work, probably, right? No, I was. We were. Yeah, I was working at that, that time. Oh, during retail, yes. you could still work. Okay. Yes, but I mean, it just came to a point where, I was like, you know what, like I, I got to do something I, li- I like to do. I don't like doing this. <laughs> M- money's all right. How long know? were you at your job for? Uh, ten years. That's a long time, dude, to, to yeah. make a, a jump. Yeah. So, and I was said, you know, you, you know, you have your insurance, you have your four hundred one k, all that stuff, vacation, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a big leap, you know, and I did it. Uh, I got sick with COVID, uh, like real bad. Oh, how bad did you get sick? Um, real bad. 
Like in the hospital? Um, almost. No well, we, we tried going to hospital, but they were too full. Oh, damn. Yeah, so. How long did you have, like, the symptoms and everything? For? Um, I was out of work for like a month. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so. Was it respiratory? A lot of respiratory? Oh, yes. The the first the first uh, nine days was like a real bad flu. Okay. Nine days. Damn. Like the, bad. Like the worst flu you could ever imagine. Uh-huh. After that, it just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. Then I, I couldn't breathe. Did you have to buy like the CO2 stuff on Amazon? And No. Um, I had a uh, a uh, oxygen. You had to get one. No, no. I had oh, the, the CO2 the, the, the O2 sensor. Yes, the, the little okay. oxygen sensor, whatever. Yeah. The monitors are oxygen and uh, your blood. And uh, it was just getting low and low and low. And they're like, dude, you, you got to go to the hospital. I was like, well, I tried, you know, because my sister, my sister, our friend worked at a hospital as okay. a ER okay. nurse. She said, don't take them, you know, just, you know, <laughs> it's, it's it's worse over here. It's scary. Yeah. So she brought me her inhaler because she got it real bad too. Okay. So she brought me her inhaler and some, some meds that they gave her. I know which ones you're talking about. I think right. everyone had those. Yes. Ones. Yeah. So she brought them as a last day, Jeffrey, because I was dying. I was going to die in my room. Like I was going to die. Yeah. I couldn't breathe. Uh, the nurse. Are you married? No. Kids? Uh, I have a daughter. A daughter. She yes. live with you or no? Yes. Okay. So uh, she was five. She's five years old. Oh, so all I could, all I could think about is her. Yeah. I was like, man. I was like, I'm gonna die. Who's gonna? She's gonna miss me. Like she's gonna be. You know, all these things going through your head. Of course. Like just, I was traumatized. <laughs> I was traumatized, man. I'm telling you. Okay, it felt like you were running a marathon, right? Through a straw. You're gasping for air. God, dude. You're by yourself? By myself. I'm in my room. Locked locked, locked in my room. Uh, the nurse told her, my sister, to, for me to practice breathing techniques. Like meditate, just kind of shallow breathing. Because mm-hmm. I was getting like, I was like panicking. I it made like, it even worse because you're nervous. And you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I'm going to die. And anxiety, the heart yeah. rate is up, is up. I was like, oh, my God, it's just bad. But uh, I survived. I survived. Uh, do you feel like you still have that those symptoms? I do. Yeah. I do. Fuck, dude. Um, my lungs are damaged. Did you only get it once? Uh, twice. Yeah, it was the worst second time or not as bad? Well, I think I got the first strain. Okay. The first strain. That, that, was, was, that, was, that, was, that was a bad one. Okay. You know, I survived all year of covid right and i got it at the beginning of the following year in, in january oh, damn i had it three times but it was very i think one of them was bad for two days but it was like the delta or the like, second like, a, like a cold like a bad yeah cold. like a cold and a bad fever like achy, yeah. and that was yeah. it. then the last time i didn't even know i had it my son had it yeah and this was like i think like october of yeah. last year yeah and i'm like oh shit he he had to uh, get a test before i went to work he's like i got covid I'm like, damn, so I got another three tests? Yeah. So do I. So does my two little boys. And then my wife got it. And yeah. Like, I got it at work. Oh, really? And I and when I got back to work is when I started getting anxiety. Oh, no way. Going back to work. So you start getting anxiety at work? Anxiety from all the people, customers and stuff. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'm going to get sick again. And we were so busy, slammed all the time. I was like, oh, I got to get out of here. got to get out of here. So part of the reason was your mental being health. Like you wanted to get out of working that yeah, type of yeah. I mean, I've been wanting to get out of there for you know for a while and do baits and stuff, you mm-hmm. know. But I didn't know how. Yeah, I didn't know how. I was all right, you know. This is what I love to do. This is my, as a hobby. How can I do this as a living? 
Yeah. You know, so it, it's hard. But No, I I bet that's a that's a scary decision especially having a daughter. Right. Everything you have someone to support. Right. It's a big deal. But I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I closed my eyes, you know, and I I didn't. Nice. Know? Yeah. So uh when you're making glides, do you have uh do you focus a little more on striper like with your building of your baits because you fish them a little more? Uh I do. Yeah. I do. You make like a heavier Maybe a heavier bait for strippers, or not, not, ne- really? not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, like for Paul up up north in California, uh, Paul Young, yeah, big striper guy up there, a uh, good friend of mine also. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants them a little heavier for the for the current. Yeah, you know. So even Josh, he's like, "Oh, if you make me, if you make me a trot, make it heavy." <laughs> and I was like, "But everybody wants them to slow sink, you know, and yeah. you know, barely floating because you know whatever." So every guy has their their own dip preference, but for for bass. You want it to sink slowly. Yeah. For stripers, fishing the, the, the current, you want a faster sinking. What about your new bait? This is the Godfather. The Godfather trout. How many yeah. versions do you have of that? Um, the first, this is the second version. Uh, what what was different between the first and the second version? Uh, the mass. The first one was just freaking huge. <laughs> you know, it was like a pound. It's like a pound. Damn, what a rod pound. are you using to throw that thing? Uh, I had a musket rod. Okay. So that was like uh, in a kuma. Okay. So it could, it could lob it, but it's still 16 ounces. It's a pound. Dude, that's, that's so heavy. Right. <laughs> so so this version, um, same length, uh-huh. different profile, uh, thinner profile, um, slow sinking, I almost almost uh, suspending, Okay. Uh, heavy float. Um, that's what that one was. And that was version two. And that's the one you're putting out right now. That's the one that no, that, that's the one that I released back in December. December, okay. Yes. How many did models did you make of that one? Uh, just one, just just one. Oh, no, I mean, how many did you out put out? How many did I did, did, sell? Did I? Uh, I think I saw like forty, like forty, oh, like, nice. 40 like forty of them. Nice. Yeah. Um, how many? So, do you have other baits that you have different revisions of, like where you've gone over and over to refine it, or do you usually just uh, keep that? yeah? So I made a I made a, a shad uh, nine uh, eight inch shad glide. Uh, about four years ago, uh, I re- I refined it three times already. Uh, we call it the the Joey Shad. Okay. Now, uh, Joey came from my nephew. His name is Joey. <laughs> he was the one that was helping me uh, pour them. And, oh, nice. And, and tune them. You know, so he's been my he's been my helper right now. For for a minute. Yeah. So okay. he he's been he's been helping me. Nice. So he's behind the scenes. Uh, he he helps me uh, pour them. Uh, tune them. Well, I mean, I tune them in the pool, but the waiting stuff with that. Yeah. And he helps me do the, all these little videos and stuff with that. And that that's all joy. Yeah. You know. Do you Did you ever get your baits tuned by anyone? No. No, like a row or anything? No. No? No, no. These are all just 100% by me. Do you feel like if you get your baits tuned by anyone, uh, do you think it messes up the swim or anything like that? No. I mean... Uh, when guys, you know, uh, take that route, you know, it's just you make the bait uh, symmetrically, you perfect. know, perfect. Yeah. You know, um, I don't feel. I, and I, I don't. Do I don't that. have any. It's not anything against Roe. I think they do right. amazing work. Right. I just always want to know someone's opinion because I've heard a couple people go, "Well, I feel like my bait swims that way because it's not symmetrical." You right. Know what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, everybody is different. Yeah. Everybody is. Um, but I just choose not to. You know, I want to do it by me, hundred percent carving, molding it, casting it, painting, painting. You everything. know, everything. Yeah, from the from the drawing to the actual uh, lure. Yeah, the carving's so, the hardest part. To you, 
you really took some time to learn how to carve, huh? Yeah, the carving is the one that takes the longest, you know. I mean, I mean, I take pride making it detailed, you know. I mean, you could buy any bait that has no detail on it, seems great, catches fish perfectly. You know, like you say, the, the bait catches the fisherman first. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you could throw a piece of uh, stick with hooks and catch a bass. <laughs> Seriously. You know, so I just take pride in, you know, the detail work on it. But you, you know, enjoy that part as well. That's probably. what I love. It's it's therapy for me, man. It's therapy. I you know I get, I get in my own, my own zone in the garage for hours and hours, and and I just got I go to it. I put on music. I have a TV back there. <laughs> you know, I'm in my own uh, comfort zone. Yeah. You know, this is this is what I do. This is what I do, and I have many models, many new carvings that I have that I have named never shown anybody. Yeah. You know, I only make a f- a few that I oh you know let me make this one. Yeah. You know, but I have I have a box full of masters. <laughs> like, seriously. I bet, dude. There's a lot of carving. Yeah, I have like 12, 20 uh, masters that nobody's ever seen. Yeah. Do you make uh, saltwater baits as well, steel plugs? No. I saw I saw something. Did you, did uh, you make, used to? A few years ago. Okay. I was trying to get into the market, uh-huh. but we're West Coast out here. We throw irons. Yeah. You know, I think if I was in Australia or somewhere, <laughs> you know... Uh, I might have uh, be, been successful doing that, but we're West Coast. Did you try to throw them out there, or did it work a little? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I caught I caught a yellowtail on it. Okay. Uh, my buddy Alex, uh, Alex Credo, uh, Realist Raps. Yeah, yeah, I know Alex. He's been yeah, on it before. Yeah, yeah. He caught a nice tuna with one of my little stick baits and stuff. So. But this is more just, that was something that you just enjoyed doing that you. Yeah, so that was something that I wanted to try and do. Okay. You know, after that, I lost interest. All right. West Coast guys, all right, guys, all right. Yeah, good enough. Good enough. All right, I tried. What's your uh, PB out of Silverwood? Silverwood, uh, eighteen pounds. Nice. Yeah, that was on your bait as well. That was on a multi-piece, uh, a four-piece trout, uh, um, top water. What time of the year was it? Can you break it down? Uh, around November. Really? Yeah. What? Uh, off a of, off a boat. Off of a boat. Off a boat. Okay. Right in front of the marina, though, in open water. In open water. <laughs> It was a like a fourteen inch uh, trout. Okay, but uh, just a personal bait. Have you seen uh, how has Silverwood been over the years, and how have you seen it change since you've been fishing it so long? Right. So when I first started fishing there, it was lonely. It was a, it was, a, it was um, just dead. There was nobody there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when I first started going there, that the water level was super low, like real low. Okay. Um, I think the bloom started with this whole social media. Okay. People posting on Facebook, oh, I caught a fish. And just every every time you see a post, it's, you know, they, they catch a fish and right away they post it on social media. <laughs> so social media is what brought everybody out of their, their house. You could remember that, that time of, of the year, like when it was that it happened. I will go there all year long and maybe count a few fishermen. Mm-hmm. You know, a few um, boaters and stuff like that. Uh, but now it's crazy. There's so many boaters, so many shore fishermen. Um, it's, just, it's a different era, man. But you do a lot of hiking in then too, were you? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So let's talk about that story. Oh, yeah. So talk, kind of talk about the, the, the whole thing around Silverwood and that, that lady. Yeah. So uh, me and my buddy, Eric Anderson, I met Eric... Uh, Working at Bass Pro, I used to work at Bass Pro. Okay, so I met Eric there and we started fishing. And uh, we would start hiking in 
uh, through Black Oak, which is uh, you park up in the main highway and you walk down to the marina. Okay. There's a trail called Black Oak, right? So we would start, we would go at nighttime, 10 p.m. Hike down, all down, uh, fish the marina, fish uh, swim beach, uh, the whole the whole shoreline. You never seen any like bears or anything like that? Uh, I have. I have. <laughs> you carry a gun with you or anything? Uh, Eric did. Really? Yeah. Eric did. That's got to be scary as shit, dude. Um, we're not afraid of bears. Afraid of mountain lions. Mountain lions. <laughs> We've seen mountain lions before. No way. Yeah. Uh, we saw a mountain lion with my other buddy, Larry. Okay. Uh, uh, Larry, uh, Larry Philando. Philando? Okay. Sorry, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> Larry Fernando, we fish a lot, uh-huh. and we we saw a mountain lion. But anyways, back to the yeah, yeah. back to the the ghost. So it was running December. It was real cold, right? So you know, after a skunk, hiking back up the trail, got our backpacks, our lights, and, and our rods, and we're walking up there, and we see this, this figure walking down. You know, like at a distance. At a distance, okay, right? And you can tell it's a, it's a female. Okay. Right? So we're walking we're walking up and we see her like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that dude, what is she doing here? By by herself. You know, so we're walking up there and she passes next to us, right? And I don't wanna shine my light at her face, you know? <laughs> so we're so we're walking and she passes us and I'm like, Hey, how's it going? She don't say anything. She just keeps just keeps walking. So she passes by right next to me. I turn around and she's gone. She's gone. Where did she go? In a bush? No. As soon as she passed me, I turned around and she's gone. But it was a lady. It was a lady holding a bag. Holding a bag. Did you did you research like the history of this lady? <laughs> yeah. So uh, my buddy Eric, his friend was a, a game warden. Okay. So we asked him. We told him about that story. He said, oh, yeah, I've heard about that lady. Who knows who she is, you know? I mean... I heard other people have seen her though, as well. Yeah, you know? so... Um, and that was the first time and the only time that I've seen her. But, I mean, who knows what happened to her? Probably got murdered. Wasn't there like a a, a um, like a couple that lived up there and died or something like I'm that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure the whole story. But, I mean, I know what I saw. <laughs> you know, and that... After we saw her take off, we ran. <laughs> we ran up the hill like you wouldn't believe it, man. I bet, dude. You know, I mean, so just... The hairs, you know, are coming up right now, but just crazy. No, I bet, man. That's that. I've heard that story from a couple of buddies that kind of been up there a lot. Tanner, Tanner. Um, then I heard you were the one that kind of encountered it with someone else. Yeah, that saw the same yeah. thing. You guys both saw the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, me and Tanner saw this big old light. We were fishing. Uh, it was like pitch black. There was no moon. We were fishing uh, Swim Beach Gazebo Point. Mm-hmm. Right, me and Tanner. And uh, all of a sudden, you see this big old flash, like a beam of light. Boom. For a second, you can see the whole the whole lake. For a second, Fuck. for a second, it was daylight. For a split second. And then that was it. We're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Let's get out of here. And, and we took off. <laughs> there were some guys fishing at the at the at the launch ramp. Uh-huh. They're like, did you see that? Let's get the fuck out of here. Oh, you saw another guy there, there too. Was, yeah, they were they were at the launch ramp. Okay. Uh, fishing for trout. Shit. You know, but we took off. Fuck, man. Yeah. yeah. There's some scary shit happening up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. How about uh, the the longer you kept fishing up there, I started breaking the cars and shit on. Um, never happened to me, but yeah, I've seen it. Really? Yeah, it's just unfortunate. 
Because I remember when I wanted to go back in the day, this is like fishing network days, like a long time ago, where you right? could park at that little turnoff. Oh, yes. And just walk right there, yeah. but they'd come and break your fucking windows. Yeah, that's, out. that's fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> man. Did you, uh, what's your largemouth, your PB largemouth? Uh, the wood? Oh, in general. In general. In general, a nine, nine pounder out of uh, Paris. Really? Off a of, off of depth 250. <laughs> you know you know what? It's funny because I had a, I had just painted that depth for myself, okay. right? I painted that one and I had an, a trout glide that I was going to test out, uh-huh. right? Uh, I got the, got the depths, you know, and I caught it, you know, but I, I didn't catch it on my bait. Yeah. But, you know, I painted it, whatever, you know. <laughs> but, but it was uh, nine pounds. Nice. Nine, nine pounds. Um, what is your customer's personal best? Do you know what those are? Yeah. On largemouth? Oh, uh, both. Just, you can talk about both. So just recently, uh, a guy caught in 11.2 on my, one of my joy sheds. Yeah, just recently off my one of my last drops. No way. You know, but he, you know, he he don't want to share it. No, I get it. Because my, my other buddy knows him. He's like, bro, my, my, my buddy caught one, but he, he don't want to share it because he's not secretive or whatnot, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I was like, dude, what's his name? Who is he? Like, I, I want to talk to him. I just want to see it. I want to see it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I found him on, on Facebook and I contacted him. But bro, like, man, can you please leave me, leave, sh- share it with me, man. That's, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. So he did. That's cool. So he did. And I posted up there. And um, that was cool. Uh, um, Striper, biggest was a 40-pounder. Uh, <gasps> um, Brian out of uh, uh, Las Vegas. Brian Simmons. Does he, were he fishing in Las Vegas, the river? Uh, the river. Oh, yeah. no way. On the, the first the first gen of Joy Shad. No way. Yeah, 40-pounder. Shit. Yeah. That's a big fish. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, that, I mean, that the other thing, the double-edged sword is like, I know guys probably want to keep it secret, but you're like, I well, it's going to help my business grow, you know, at the well, same time. Th- yeah, from, from multiple reasons, you know. I mean, that's that's... I feel good about that. Yeah. You know, somebody caught a big ass fish on, on my, my bait. Yeah. You know, uh, it just, it just so, so gratifying, man. Do you have a certain line you like to use on some of these baits? Like a certain way you fish them that maybe people wouldn't know? Like say for like the Godfather, do you have a line recommendation on a reel and a rod? Um, just, just the basic stuff, man. I mean, for big baits, 25 pound test, 30 okay. pound mono. I never use any in a braid. Because with braid, you know, you get a backlash, it's gone. <laughs> right? With the mono, yeah. you get that stretch, you know, yeah. so you don't lose your bait and stuff. But yeah, I yeah. think mono. Um, you know, on the Joy Shad, 20-pound test max. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. With your painting, are you using lacquer or are you using water-based? Uh, uh, lacquer. Really? Yeah. Why Why so? Um, It just dries faster. Uh, I think I think it's the pigments are a little better because it's uh, I use house of color. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so yeah. how's the color? Just they're a little more expensive. You're fucking a lot more expensive. I know, <laughs> but you know that works for me. You know they dry quick. You know just you don't gotta get the the blow gun and just dry it up and stuff. No, I get it. Um, yeah, just just lacquer, man. Really? Yeah. Have you tra- tested other stuff over the years to kind of try different things? I out? have. I I started painting with the Createx, the water yeah. the water based. Yeah. And they're good. Um. But I switched over to to lacquer. What made you want to switch to lacquer? Just for the drying, or did someone recommend? That I to was you? I was painting. Uh, I started painting some depths two fifties. Oh, okay, you can't use uh, the water. You know, you gotta use the lacquer. Okay. So uh, after that is when I started buying just lacquer. 
Were you just doing paint, painting for a while too? Just like doing repaints for people? I was doing a bunch of repaints for people and doing just some basic, a few, a handful for me and to sell, but mostly repaints. Yeah. Uh, mostly it was like the depth to 50s. That was like the, the popular way to repaint. When was that? Well, this, is, this is like when it was popping. 20. 2012 maybe oh so this is like when the depths was like still hard to get yeah when it came when it kind of just it's been around for years but yeah. it got popular yeah you know um, do you remember first using the the depths the first time 250 yeah. yeah 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 was it a game changer for you yeah 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 it's a it has a it's own unique action yeah um my the glides that i would do were more of, of a slow slow roll you can't really burn them mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a great bait. When you when you make your baits, do you try to make like a bait that can do everything, or do you try to like make a bait I, that applies to one technique? I, I try, I try, I try to make it either it'll be good on the slow, uh, up to a burn, and okay. everything in between. Okay. So I know there's a lot of guys that want a bait to, to swim just slow, but I want to make a little bit of everything. Yeah. And maybe you got to explain that to people sometimes because I know there's like, probably, there's a bait application for everything. Yeah. Like, and like, it might be like, hey, this is only going right. to ride, you know? Like, like one of my buddies now, Sean, Sean Thornton, Apex Angler, uh, he only fishes glides on a, on a crawl, just slowly, just slow gliding. And I would give him base to, you know, to test out. He's all, he's all, I have to make some adjustments. I'm like, what do you mean? It sounds great. <laughs> he's like, well, for my style of fishing, you know, I want to, Fish it like this, and okay, cool, you know. So he uh, tells me, yeah, make a bait, make me glide, but only a, a slow sinking and just slow glide. Yeah. Because he, he never burns them or twitches them or whatever, different retrieves and stuff. But uh, every guy's different, you know. Well, that's, and another thing, I, I like we've talked about before, I think like swim bait fishing is its own genre now. Yeah. To where like you could, you could fish like a, a ton of different types of baits <clears throat> so you could have a bait that does like two or three different things or like have a bait that has two different styles or three different styles right right yeah so um right now it's with being the market so saturated with glides shag glides and everything in between it's harder to make something different you know what i mean because mm-hmm. everything's been done a thousand times already you've seen a bluegill glides wakes you know every, every which way so how do you make a bait that kind of like has its own unique action or whatnot how yeah. do you how do you how do you go about that i mean if you if you're like hey man i i'm doing this as a job now this is my full-time gig yeah how are you gonna hey how are you gonna figure that out b do you try not to look at other people's work at the same time yeah so i try to keep my eye on my paper mm-hmm. you know just focus on, on me Focus what I want to do, regardless if it's been done already five times or whatever. Like, I want to make a bait and have it swim uh, perfect in my eyes, you know. Um, so I just try to do, do do my thing. I don't worry about anybody else. Yeah. And how about being how about, how about being that new creative thing? Like, how do you go about that? How do you, like, what do you look at when you're trying to create something new? Well, it's so hard to make something new because it's, it's already been done. Yeah. How many different manufacturers make, make a single? 
right? But there's always something. To, I mean, there's got. I mean, right. You got it. There's so, got to be something. So like, do you do you look at anybody and you go, man, this bait maker? Like, if say if you saw another bait maker, is there a guy that's innovative to you? Josh. Okay. Josh makes a, a lot of cool, different cool, stuff. Cool, different stuff that a lot of people don't make. Yeah. He makes his this soft uh, rat bait. Uh, with yeah, a, yeah, that you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody, that's a nice rat. nobody, nobody makes those. Yeah, you know. But for for me personally, I just try to focus on the detail, on the carving. You know, it's one hundred percent by me. It's not made by somebody else. You know, it's, it's made by my hands. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's not. I guess it's unique to me. So you're more. You'd rather you you might have a shad that everyone else has a shed, but you're going to carve it differently. Yeah. Put a little different, you know. Yeah, more more detail on the, fa- on the face, you know, make it make it look nice. Whether, I mean, it'll swim similar to somebody else's, you know. Mine has more more detail. I mean, does it matter? No. Would it catch more fish? Not necessarily, you know. Um, it catches the fishermen. You know, <laughs> first. Do you, do you right? try to, how about when you're pricing your baits, do you try to, be competitive or do you like go because pricing on baits could completely be different from right from 150 to 300 right so i I try to be competitive man i'm not gonna overcharge you know you know just depending on the bait Mm -hmm. but i try to stay competitive even below the competitor you know so what would do you try to stay below just because you feel like you don't want to charge an arm and a leg yeah i mean i I felt guilty charging two hundred dollars for a, for a for a for a bait. Yeah. But depending on the size, you know, you can charge accordingly, and you want to kind of stay competitive with everybody else. Yeah. Or just below it, you know. Um, but it just depends, man. You ever think about doing ABS injected bait? No. Never. No. You like having that original kind of deal where you just resin. Do yeah, just resin. You know, just resin. That's Hand, it. Huh? Handmade. Yeah. Handmade. Do you ever do wood bait still? No. No. Too much time in that? No. I've I've done wood baits. I mean, they're not baits. They're um, uh, carvings, like display carvings. I've done like a tuna. I don't know if you've seen my, my stuff. I did a tuna. Oh, you did some saltwater stuff as well, I right? did a tuna, some, some sharks, a gray white. I did a uh, hammerhead. I did a, a mako shark. How long did one of those take you? How long did like the mako shark take you? Oh, uh, just you know, weeks, you know, off and on, you know, just off and on. Yeah. Yeah. I did a big old bluefin tuna. I saw that too. A tuna. I did a cat a big old Amazon catfish for a customer. <laughs> well, so know. you just you'll you'll do carvings for people just like, hey, a guy hits you up and goes, Hey, I just want you to carve like a barracuda or something. Um uh, sometimes. Really? That 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 catfish was from the show River Monsters. That, oh, Am- nice. that Amazonian, the Pariba. Yeah. That big Amazon catfish. Yeah. So that was a uh, customer requested that. Nice. For his son. Oh, okay. Because he was a big fan of the show. Nice. But uh, the other ones are just for me. I made a, a, a GT, John Travelli. Yeah, I seen that. You know, inspired by that um, that show, Blue Planet 2. Oh, really? Yeah, when he, <laughs> he's catching the, those birds. Oh, yeah, Remember yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I made that for myself. And then I sold them to... Uh, uh, a customer of mine, uh, Andy, Andy Little. Okay. Uh, he works at a shop in uh, back east. Okay. Uh, so he's bought all my collections, all of them. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool to have stuff like that and people appreciate it as well. He has them uh, uh, on display at the shop. Yeah. Yeah, all the sharks, bluefin, the GT. Uh, I did a, um, 
what's that, the tiger fish one. He has them all. Those teeth are crazy on it. Yeah. How you carve them out too? Yet, or do you add the teeth into it, or do you kind of on on the sharks? They're all just um, carved in there. Okay, right. I did a um, tiger fish. Those teeth came out out of a halibut that I caught. Oh shit! Yeah, fishing a fishing a, at the, the shore. No way. Yeah, so I kept the jaws right. <laughs> just a, just a display. Yeah, that's cool, right? Yeah. So when I made that 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 carving for that. Um, Tiger fish. I thought, what can I use? What can I use? Oh, right here. Uh, halibut teeth. <laughs> so I, I cut them out one by one and, and glued them in there. Dude, that's a, that's a sick. I have to put that up. That's yeah. a really cool carving. Yeah. What do you see uh, coming up the next year or two? What's the plan? The plan is just to keep on grinding. Just kind <laughs> of um, keep making uh, new carvings. See which one uh, I want to produce. You know, when you do a drop, how many do you usually do? It depends. I mean, right now, they're, they're just small drops, okay. maybe 20, 30, 40 bays, maybe. Okay. Uh, it's a different market now. So uh, you got to keep uh, evolving. You know, I mean, uh, you feel like it was a bigger market previously? Like, a there was, it was uh, before the pandemic. Okay. There was. Okay. Uh, after the pandemic, everybody was a bay maker. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody was out of a job. Yeah, yeah. You know, or at home, and they started tickering with baits. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, just keep evolving my, my skills, you know. Yeah. I, I know there's a lot of bait makers that make one or two models, and that's it. No, I was like, I get bored with that, man. I want to keep making other 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 baits. Yeah. You know, that's that's just me. That's just my style. No, I I, I, I agree 100%. It's, yeah. And if people are buying them, I can't see why you yeah. want to keep pushing them. Yeah, man. yeah. For sure. Um, let's plug where they can find, uh, your bait, find your page, stuff like yeah. that. So you can find me on uh, social media, Rafa custom baits. Uh, my website is Rafa custom baits.com. Mm -hmm. Easy. I'm on Facebook also. Same thing. Rafa custom. Baits. Uh, that, uh, Rafa custom baits or Rafael Perez. Okay. Uh, I'm on the, the, the big groups, you know, the universe, you know, stuff like that. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate Thank it, you. Rafa. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, yeah, it's a good one. Hopefully we get you back on soon, man. Definitely. All right. Take care. Thank you.